Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, good people, it is July 10th, Sunday, so we're recording at our normal schedule time now, and uh, not what we tried to do last night during thunderstorms and stuff, so... <laughs> That was pretty fun. It would have been great to have video of that because it had been very choppy. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> so, we got some news. We got a Miss Marvel review. But real quick before all that, we want to take time because myself and Jeremy have seen Thor Love and Thunder and want to give you spoiler-free, that is right, spoiler-free review of the movie and a whelm meter of the movie. So... Your pick, Jeremy. You want to go first or second? Uh, sure, I'll go ahead and throw mine out there. I- I'll say this. It is the, and my wife and I came up with this today, it is the goat of all Thor movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I understood that reference. <laughs> <laughs> but, there, yeah, there's a there's a reference in there, but uh, as the whelm factor goes, and I know it's probably... For people thinking of what GOAT means stands for usually nowadays, it's probably going to contradict that, but it was compared to the, the comic, which again, I, I hate you too, because <laughs> that just ruined the whole thing for me. I used to be able to go enjoy these movies without any care in the world, but that's, that's no longer, that's a thing of the past now. <laughs> well, no, but, uh, well, one no, of us. <laughs> Yeah, I was whelmed on based kind of on what I was hoping for and what we read. And if you're going as just a movie to enjoy as I used to, then pleasantly whelmed. And uh, my my wife, she she wanted me to mention that that's it's her favorite Thor movie of all time, her most favorite one. And I was like, well, then. Harry Potter 4, Goblet of Fire is my favorite one. And anybody who's a big <laughs> Harry Potter fan, read the books and stuff, would know that that's an insult. <laughs> so you're saying it's the goat in the sense of it's an old, crusty, like, can-eating of a movie. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to say that... The, <laughs> Uh, we're, we're, I'm adding something to the well meter because Uh-oh. this movie calls for it. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was not underwhelmed by this movie, but I was not necessarily whelmed by it either. So I was just meh. <laughs> like, man, I just, I, Christian Bell did a really good job with his interpretation of Gore. I actually enjoyed Natalie Portman in this movie as Lady Thor, as the Mighty Thor. Like, I actually enjoyed her in that role. Wow. Uh, I think they introduced some cool characters, and for the most part, it was an okay, you know, decent Thor movie. I just feel like Taika Waititi's humor went beyond what it should have. And I feel like that ruined it. For me, anyways, me and my wife, before even saying anything to each other, both thought that this movie reminded us of the female Ghostbusters because of that. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. 
<laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I will have to say, I do agree with you, Michael, on the Natalie Portman side. Like, I thought they did the the relationship there, that chemistry between the two of them. I, I think they played that storyline very well and did, did, did a good job with that one. And I was happy with the way that that all played out in this movie. I mean, she's no Brie Larson, but, you know, <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. So just real quick, that's shocking to me because I, I feel like that's a plus at least because I have not liked Natalie Portman pretty much in anything that she's ever been in. <laughs> I think may, there's maybe two movies and I can't think the names of them right now, but yeah. Star Wars. No, no. Ugh. God, no. <laughs> Uh, I think I enjoyed V for Vendetta, but it wasn't necessarily because oh, of yeah. Portman, but she didn't like bring it down mm. necessarily for me. But yeah, like she she brought a delightful acting chops with her in this one. And it was just she played this movie like it was her last. So there you go. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. All right. Any other questions? Anything else we got? No, I think I'm good. Yeah. I don't think so right now. I'm about to say, if I keep going, I'm probably going to spoil something. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We've gotten somewhat of a leak for the Echo series, and it's not, it, it's just a rumor of a leak that we will have Charlie Cox Daredevil in there, which I'm great with. I, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with that happening. However, he's going to be searching for Jessica Jones. I don't know how I feel about that. So what are y'all's thoughts on this? So I'm going to just also say that supposedly this rumor has been sort of been disproven. Okay. My time to shine. Hello, uh, the guy that always usually leaks like him and like four other guys. He said that she's not in Echo unless she's in a post credit scene. But the the other stuff that's been confirmed is that Matt will be searching for Jessica in the series. So the 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 confirmed stuff is Matt's only in two episodes. He won't have a big role in one of them. Then he shows up for the end of the show to get Maya, which is Echo, to help him find who he's been looking for. Kingpin will be in four episodes. One is a tease. A big role is in three of the episodes. He has an eye patch. Okay. He's running for mayor. And the there was also some other leaks, but uh, some people thought it was going to include Bullseye as well. But he was saying that, like, no, it isn't the... Because the cover has Bullseye on it. He was saying that the story will follow what's in that story. And I did not have time to look up what comic that was. Does... My Time to Shine actually state Jessica Jones or does he state that Daredevil is looking for an ally? The rumors that I was reading said ally and a lot of people were throwing in that it was Jessica Jones. Uh, he's, I don't have the exact tweet right here in front of me, but he did say Jessica Jones is not in the series for sure. Okay. But Great Phase also said that it will feature, you know, the other things that I confirmed, which was, Matt Murdock and Wilson Fisk are going to be in it and Fisk is going to be running for mayor and Matt is looking for Jessica Jones. Okay. Cool. So what are y'all's thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
um, I think that's cool. I think that's neat. I think that's uh, world building. I don't know what, because originally when they stated that we're getting an Echo series and that uh, late, like, I don't know, a month ago, we found out that we're also getting a Daredevil series and they said it was not going to be a continuation, that it was going to be a, like, soft reboot. Now there's rumors that they're just cherry-picking and saying, like, some stuff's canon, other stuff isn't, as far as, like, the Netflix series goes. Because right now... Oh, man, I cannot think of the guy that played Luke Cage. For sure, uh, what's-his-name-is-Danny Rand is out. They have not said whether Luke Cage is still going to be brought in. Jessica Jones supposedly is being brought back in and and it's being played by, was it Kristen Ritter? Isn't that her name? I think that's her name. But yeah, I'm excited for this. I think this is cool. This will lead up to whatever is going to happen in the Daredevil series. I'm assuming it's to get Jessica for something. I, what? I don't know. But it, it's, I think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have to agree as far as, there's going to be a lot in there that can, I mean, obviously that affects it. As far as picking and choosing as what comes over from Netflix, I'm not crazy about because, uh, I mean, obviously I, I didn't watch all that. <laughs> so it it would be if you if you're pulling stuff from there, I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily pulling from the storylines from that or just pulling characters from there. But I mean, if they're bringing storylines it would be kind of difficult as far as if there's people that haven't watched all of those but i'll obviously still give it give it a shot so it's it's just so (laughs) there's so much in the air right now with so many different of these all all these different storylines and different series and stuff i'm just kind of getting to the point of like all right we we gotta we gotta bring this together at some point here soon yeah I like the idea because I was worried that, and I guess I could still be worried because it, it, it's all rumors, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though my time to shine is very reputable, still all rumors. But I was worried that like Matt Murdock would take over the Echo Show, and like it's an Echo Show, let it be about Echo. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Jake Gomez be introduced to the Echo Show mm. more than other things, and only because we're supposed to be getting a Werewolf by Night you know, like special and he's been cast and he has Native American background. And I mean, that's not to say that, you know, just because Echo's Native American, that another Native American has to be thrown in there through her show. But like, it would just be easier, (laughs) I would think, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, I'm cool with, as long as it doesn't take over the Echo show, I'm, I'm cool with it. One of the other leakers, uh, Great Phase had mentioned, he was asked... I think last week, since you brought up Werewolf by Night, and he was asked, who is his top three biggest reveals for the year? And the three were Doctor Doom, Blade, which we obviously know was coming, and Elsa Bloodstone. So I'm assuming Elsa Bloodstone's going to be revealed in Blade. But yeah, if they bring in Jake Gomez, has it been confirmed that that's the werewolf by night one it's not what's his name uh whatever jack russell yeah jack russell (laughs) so (laughs) i don't know i mean it's only confirmed if you confirm it right (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. So if you go from all the stuff that I've been finding is off of IMDb. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to IMDb's site, and I'm looking it up right now as we're talking, just so, you know, it, it's... <laughs> at the time of this recording, is that what you're trying yeah, to say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do like two things at one time, and it's like, it's not letting me pull up the cast, and it's starting to piss me off. Okay, we have Gail Bernard as maybe a mystery character. People have also said that he would be Jack Russell. Mm. We have Laura Doonley, if I'm saying her name correctly. She's cast as Elsa Bloodstone. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then Jacob Maya is cast as Jake Gomez. Okay. So we're getting two werewolves. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, the, when I looked earlier, everything I'm seeing is that the Gale guy is Jack Russell. But he's not listed as Jack Russell on IMDb, though. Mm. So, uh, and then Shay Shaddy is a drunk man as Joe Shay Shaddy. So <laughs> maybe he's the one that maybe we're going to get it through his eyes. The story of, of him seeing these two werewolves, maybe. Yeah. Or one werewolf or Elsa Bloodstone hunting down a werewolf. Um, I, I don't know. But yeah, that's that's the cast as of right now. This recording for Werewolf by Knife per IMDb. Oh, that's cool. That, I did I did not know that. That's I wonder if they're going to do like the there's a good werewolf and there's a bad werewolf and that's why there's two like the two versions, Jake and and Jack. I wonder if Jake isn't it in like werewolf lore that like if you get bit by a werewolf you become one? Yeah, usually. I wonder if there if there'll be like a passing of the torch kind of thing like that. Like mm-hmm. It's like, like Jake gets bit by Jack. Does I don't know any. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know anything about Werewolf by Night. But doesn't he? I could be. <laughs> I could be confusing this with J. Jonah Jameson's son in sp- the Spider-Man comics. But isn't Werewolf by Night? Didn't he have like a uh, like an amulet that turns him into a werewolf? It's not actually like the normal. Like he's bitten by a werewolf. You know that's a good question because I have no idea. All I know is that he had his own comic book series back in you know early. Like the seventies, it was a werewolf by night. Yeah, so you know what? Well, we'll look this up and uh, answer this next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got a casting for Elsa Bloodstone already. We've got a casting for Blade. We know that's Mahershala Ali. In fact, he's already voiced in something. So the big question is: Will Howard Stern be Doctor Doom? Like we talked like last week. Yeah, Baba Booey. <laughs> Oh, all right. On to Miss Marvel, episode five. I didn't write down what the name of it was. It's called Time and Again. Time and Again. Which I think it should have been named, and I'll get to this in a minute, but I think this episode should have been named What You Seek is Seeking You, and I will get to that why, but Ah. (laughs) they they called it Time and Again, and I don't know why, but anyway. I could kind of see why they did it, but I like yours better. I will say that. Yeah, most definitely. (laughs) So, real quick synopsis of the episode. Uh, Ms. Marvel went back in time, and we see the story of the partition. And <laughs> the great Nani did not murder anybody. In fact, she got got. <laughs> and we yeah. saw the trail of stars. Oh, my God. Yep. <sighs> and then the villain of the series died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, all that we didn't want to happen happened yeah. in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now that we got that out of the way, well meters. Well meters. So I'll go first. Uh again, 
No Brie Larson, no Captain Marvel. So <laughs> underwhelmed. But it just stays right there, even without Brie Larson. And I mean, even if Brie Larson showed up, I don't, I don't know that even she could have saved this episode to me. Oh wow, wow! <laughs> <laughs> you said she could do anything last episode. I, I said she can't go back in time. You're like, she can do anything, <laughs> but she can't save this episode. <laughs> yeah, <that's> what... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I see. I think she just wouldn't be like, no, I just. I don't even want to be associated with that episode type thing. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, just in general, like I said, I was just underwhelmed by this episode in all seriousness. So yeah. Richard. Yeah. I'm, this is my, I have dipped into the underly whelmed. Like I was teetering on pleasantly to whelmed, but I just straight up just dipped into the underly whelmed on this episode. I really consider this episode episode 4.5. This should have been tagged on to the end of the last episode, episode four. There shouldn't have been six episodes. There should have only been five episodes. This is why I'm saying, you know, whatever story needs, give it that many episodes. This episode was the shortest episode. It was 38 minutes. Episode one, Generation Y, was 47 minutes. Episode two, Crushed, 49 Episode 3, Destined, 45. Episode 4, Seeing Red, 45 minutes. This was 38 minutes, and it felt like less than that to me. It felt like it was 10 minutes long. Uh, I'll say, though, even though it was shorter, there were times where I was like, please let this episode end. Something (laughs) happened here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jeremy. Like, I've rewatched this or I've watched this a total of three times. Oh, bless your heart. God bless and, you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I like, so what's weird is I get kind of like choked up during the family scenes, but I still hate this episode. <laughs> like, also, I... I wait, wait, wait. Okay. We haven't gotten uh, Michael's oh, well meter sorry. just yet before we get too deep into sorry, it. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> No, you're good. You're good. Uh, in true comically comic fashion, I was whelmed by this episode. So I actually <laughs> enjoyed seeing the partition. <laughs> I enjoyed this episode way more than I did the one before. Like I, I don't know. I, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> like you, like you're you're being serious right now, right? I'm being dead serious. Oh I enjoyed God. seeing the history of and like how it happened and how it turned out. And freaking that little girl at the train station crying just pulled on my heartstrings so hard. Yeah. And I was just, ah, ah. But still totally pissed off that we use time travel. I hate that. But I actually enjoyed seeing the partition. I actually enjoyed seeing the history and stuff like that. That was, I liked that. I actually thought that was cool. So I was whelmed by this. I I actually liked this episode a lot more. Like I said, more than the the episode prior to this. Now, I'll have to say, I I do agree. Like, I, I... I enjoyed seeing the partition, enjoyed seeing history. I mean, especially back in high school, you know, we, of course, had history class. But for me, it was just memorize what I needed to for the test and just forgot it. But now in my older, like, I I actually enjoy seeing the history and understanding it more and that type of thing. So I, I do, I did enjoy that part of it. But at the same time, like with Richard, I feel like it should have just been tacked on to the last episode somehow made it more fluent in that whole thing because I mean you got the whole 
partition you, you, that took up what thirty minutes of the thirty-eight minute episode without even seeing Miss Marvel. So yeah, yeah, I I agree with both you and and Michael Jeremy. Like this was nice to see, and don't get me wrong, like this is something that probably as Americans we would probably never hear about. I don't know, right? Like just because it doesn't really <laughs> affect us. Seeing the partition and how kind of horrific it was in the sense, I mean, they didn't go into like the super gory of like people dying around, but they were like burning people's homes. And like, you know, nowadays, modern day, it looks like when people are jumping on that train and stuff, it looks like just normal India, like people going to work just because it's so overcrowded over there. But it was it was horrific back then. And they did a great job as far as showing that. But the thing that bugged me the most is we had this buildup of the Trail of Stars story about how, you know, it was going to be this thing where, I don't know, it, they they dramatized it so much as far as telling the story. And then when we actually saw it, it was just so anticlimactic. Like, there was a, you know, at the beginning of the episode where they kind of show you clips from previous episodes to remind you what happened last week. We see Hersana talk about the story and how, like, oh, I followed a trail of stars and it swept me into my father's arms. So I was picturing this, like, the train. She said it was the last train out of Karachi, which it wasn't. There was multiple trains there. (laughs) Granted, they were all, like, crowded up. But I was expecting, like, the last train, like, running away, Sana's chasing after her father or the train, and then, like, I don't know, a big giant, like, cosmic hand comes up, picks the kid up, and, like, throws her onto the train or something. And instead, (laughs) it was just, I'm gonna make a step stool for you. Oh, no, it broke. And then somehow Sana can (laughs) control the, the, like, pieces of the broken, like, projection and then his her father sees it and then like I don't, it was just very anticlimactic it, I thought it was going to be way more I don't know dramatized the way they told it but anyway I'll stop rambling <laughs> <laughs> that was my biggest issue so before we go on I wanted to add that uh, I agree as far as the time because for me that episode felt longer than what it actually was mm-hmm. and I don't think it should have been drawn out as long as it was I will say that Aisha going to the train actually did mention that it was the last train. Now it could be that there was two, I think there's two trains there. Mm. Uh, so maybe either one of those were the last trains to get out or maybe one was going one way and the other one was going the other way. Mm. I, I I don't know. So I agree in my head, I had it pictured completely different as far as like the stars. Yeah. And like, you know, her being brought back to her dad or following it to her dad and stuff like that. Uh, how risque was it? Because I assume they were not married for them to have like hooked up, you know, him to have hooked up with a stranger like that outside the village, brought her in, got her knocked up. And <laughs> like, <laughs> would, would that have been risque back then? I, I'd like to think it would be because, yeah, that, you know, they all seem very religious. So most religions, you know, yeah, look down upon like whatever, uh, premarital relations or something like affairs. that. Affairs. Yes. Coitus. Coitus. Yeah, coitus. <laughs> but I believe that the timestamp is like, crap, I should have wrote this down, but it was, I believe it was like two years before the partition. So like, oh, when she meets, like when 
Aisha meets Hassan, it's like two years before the partition. So I believe Sana is like two when all this happens. But that's also a big baby for two. So I don't know. Yeah. It may have been three years. I can't remember the exact. I want to say it was like. It was 42. 42. Okay. I, I, you know what? I'm just going to edit this out and I'm going to look up the date. Real quick. <laughs> okay. So the, the India partition is 1947. 47. And the timestamp for her coming was 42. 42. So that's five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, they could have had time to get together and get married and stuff like that and do yeah. it the religious way. I believe they did, but I'm not sure. And they just skipped all that since it was such a short episode. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It threw me off a little bit because I was like, surely they had at least shown a ceremony. You know what I mean? Like, just shown them by the water or something and alluded to them getting married. Yeah. Because that's a five-second scene. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Yeah. So, I'm being a stickler now. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say, since we talked about the partition and them, like, that opening where it's, like, sepia tone and we're getting the, like, you know, talking about the partition, about how, like, uh, Britain rule is leaving India and it's all being divided. The whole time while watching that, I turned to my wife and I was just like, somewhere... Peggy Carter or Captain Carter is being like, oh, 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 this is awkward. Oh, this is really awkward right now. That's funny. Oh, yeah. I didn't even thought about that. That's that's funny though. There was another thing too that I was thinking about whenever we're watching this episode. You know, at the beginning, they were given a whole like recap. Mm-hmm. That was another ten minutes probably there too. Yeah. <laughs> This is a really long recap. <laughs> right? That's funny. What do, you, what do y'all think about Kamala going back in time? Was it because the, the dagger got stabbed that she went back in time? Was it because Aisha wheeled it? Because she was holding on to the thing and she was, you know, the catchphrase, uh, what you're seeking is seeking you. Like, was it just th- those two time periods meeting it finally and her going back? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think it's the the second one. I think it's because Aisha used the powers of the bangle to like reach through time to pull whoever had the bangle, you know, to her. Like the, I guess the activated bangle because I don't think technically Sana can activate it or something. I don't know. Anyway, it just so happens that Kumala has, you know, the bangle on, it's like activated. So it could have been also, it could have been the stabbing as well. Maybe it's both. Yeah, you're you're right. I don't know. It's also that I believe it's called a bootstrap paradox, where you're what causes. So, in other words, Kamala knows of the story of the Trail of Stars, but oh, she, geez. in fact, is the person who caused the the, the Trail, Trail of Star. Stars. So it's a yeah. yeah, it's a it's a paradox, and I believe the term is called a bootstrap paradox. Or it's just a complete, like, mind chaos there type thing, because <laughs> it's that whole, like, oh, this happened, but you find out you actually did it, but then you weren't there, but now you're there, and all this stuff happens, and, you're, you know, it's just, there it is. And, like, it's just kind of, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, that whole thing. But I have to agree, too, as far as Richard was saying, I, I think part of it, I think uh, it was Aisha, partly, because whenever Kamala comes back and she meets Aisha, Aisha's like, oh, okay, we're all good now, kind of thing. Since you're here, 
everything's going to be okay. So I, I think she had some part in that. Well, Aisha thought when Kamala got there that it was the grandmother. What's her name? Sana. Sana, yeah. She thought it was she thought it was Sana that was there. So I was like, oh. that's quite the uh the the growth you have <laughs> between <laughs> you just leaving her five minutes ago and now. Yeah. I believe also she, sorry, I, I believe she thought it was Sana from the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just how would she know that, that a future version of her daughter would come? I don't know. See, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't quite make sense the the way that they're doing it. I will say that as far as Kamala being the cause of the stars, but not knowing that she was the cause, Marvel has already set a precedent for that, that just because you change the past doesn't change your future. So her having gone back and causing the stars doesn't necessarily mean that she knows from now, from that point on, that she calls the stars. Yeah. But like she had not ever made it to that point in her life yet. So she wouldn't have known before then. And then, yeah, it's one of those where it's so vague that it, nothing's nobody's timeline or nobody's future or history, or whatever, is based off of that one. So then it's, but once you realize it now, from that point on, obviously things are the way they're supposed to be, I guess. Right. Well, it's a contained future of yeah. that whole lineage. So, but it's contained between Aisha and Kamala, and, and there's nothing in between because nobody's had the bangle in between. Yeah. So, Unless they go back and say that somebody did, you know, if Sana, because she had the bangle when Aisha was making that wish and she was wearing it. So unless, you know, something happened where Sana messed with it more, like that's the only way. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the whole like whenever Harry Potter does his uh, his Patronus charm to save Sirius Black. So I'm trying to get as many Harry Potter references <laughs> in there. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Uh, so that's funny. I don't know. I like we could go on and on about this nebulous time travel that they've introduced for this series <laughs> that may not even get a second season. I kind of hope it does because we still don't know where the hell the second bangle is. But anyway, so the way I understood it was that she essentially sent out like a help beacon to a future version of the bangle. And since it didn't grab Sana's, well, Sana didn't have it then because. She had it. So no, that doesn't even make sense now. I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> it sucks. They're doing too much time travel. They're doing too much multiversal stuff and they're doing too much time travel stuff in the MCU right now. They need to dial it back. I get that we're, we've got a supposedly a big bad that's going to be a time travel person, but let's dial it back, guys. Let's dial it back. Like, I did not need time travel in a Miss Marvel story. I definitely didn't need time travel in this Marvel story. And I do feel like I agree with like what we were talking about last week, that they're using it too much now. However, I'm I'm very cool with the multiversal stuff. I like what they're doing with that. I just feel like it needs more explaining. I need a short with Louise to explain <laughs> everything that's actually going on. <laughs> So, so you, you need the uh, you need the podcast with uh, Ant Man and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly I I need Louise to come on and be like okay guys this is what's going on and he just vomits all this <laughs> multiversal knowledge out to everybody and it'd be great because seeing Haley Atwell with Louise's voice <laughs> explain her Captain oh, Carter God. would just be hilarious. <laughs> 
That's funny. Okay, so beyond the partition, beyond the time traveling, we, we actually make it back to Karachi. Uh, her mother finds out that about the bangle as well as, you know, Nani's like, yeah, see, I wasn't full of shit. You should have been listening to me the whole time. <laughs> Not is Naja, Naji, Naj, no, 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 no. Najma. Yeah. Najma. Thank you, Jeremy. Yes. She she sacrifices herself and Kamal commit Kamran. No, Cam Kamran. Yes. <laughs> God bless me. <laughs> I sound like fucking Porky Pig over here. Um <laughs> That's um, actually a really good, that's a really good impression, actually. <laughs> Comron gets hit with the Nor waves. Yeah. And now he's something. Yeah. What, what the hell is going on? So, real quick, just two of the biggest things. I'll get to the second one much later, but it uh, spoilers, it involves damage control. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was the most confusing. Like, what the fuck just happened here? Why is this even in this episode? This should have like that was my. I don't. I'll get into all this in a second. But yeah, Najma sacrifices herself. Which, by the way, does anyone else think that that those death scenes, whenever like the Nor people go and touch the veil, they turn into like a chrysalis, and then they like fall. It looked goofy it looked like something out of looney tunes you remember like in the cartoons when like <laughs> an explosion would go off oh and it would yeah. just be like a person made of soot and then like the soot would fall down and then a skeleton yep. would just fall down afterwards it looked identical to that and i was like i was laughing hysterically <laughs> when they did it not just once but twice <laughs> i was like yeah. there's no way they thought this looked good secondly it also kind of reminds me of when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did the Inhumans cocoon. It doesn't look like the comic book Inhumans cocoon, but it definitely looks like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cocoon. So I don't know if maybe they're just trying to make an homage to that. As far as your question of what the hell all that is, Kamran is an Inhuman in the comics. He has powers similar to what we see in the episode that's the only reason I think why they did this is just to give him powers. So, yeah, that was going to be my kind of question, too. I mean, for one, I mean, they, I, I kind of have two things like you, what you said, Richard, but mine can go ahead and be addressed now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, first one is, how does her just walking? I mean, the first one, just first girl that walked, lady that walked through, she just died. But. Najma somehow knows that, hey, if I go up and die, it's going to close. I mean, ha, ha, what? I mean, there's, you just, you did the exact same thing that the first one did. I mean, is it just like you get so much energy now and we're closing now or something? I mean, it makes no freaking sense. And then we uh, need Louise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing is like with Comron now, I mean, like you said, Michael, she's your, your big bad's dead or at least what we thought was the big bad of this episode i mean this series so what is like Omron and bruno gonna team up now like with who who's left okay so that's uh, that leads perfectly into my rant it's fucking damage <laughs> control it's fucking damage control because the, these asshole like i seriously think it's going to be revealed michael may be right that we're going to see a scroll i think it's going to be revealed that what's his face officer or agent, whatever the hell you call him, since they're part of the branch of the government, 
Agent P clearly is going to be a <laughs> scroll and that they're rounding up superhumans to like either impersonate them or take over or keep them from stopping them from taking over in secret invasion. Or Cree. Or Cree. He may be Cree. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I think Cree would muddy it up, but who knows at this point? I like uh, I think I'm saying Cree only because I think we're gonna get the scroll Cree war. Because to me, a scroll Cree war on Earth makes more sense as a secret invasion than a bad scroll faction and good scroll faction does in uh, as a secret invasion. I got so, you. but I could go. I could see it either way, though. So, sorry, don't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. No, definitely. So, yeah, what like my biggest rant here is they use those drones one to just spy on some random kids like <laughs> room, and then like. I don't know if it was a misfire, if it was planning on firing a missile or what, but it they fire like a missile goes off and it <laughs> levels an entire room. For all we know, freaking Kamala's dad could have been in the gas station buying those freaking pies. Like just killing innocent people willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, and like of course, that just destroyed the whole like structurally sound building yeah. there. I mean, yeah. so the rest of it's got to come falling down. <laughs> the 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 drone got hit and it said, oh, fuck it, we're going down. And just, <laughs> just shot off early. I mean, just... Well, and that's... A lot of guys have that problem. So... <laughs> uh, that's my, like, that's my other thing. We're going to be soon, we're going to have, like, mutants introduced. Now, I don't know if they're going to be, like say there's only like whatever 200 mutants in the entire world but like mutants are going to be introduced eventually so the fact that just a little energy blast that doesn't even like destroy it just bumps it essentially made a missile misfire to the point where it like almost killed innocent people i feel like uh, i i don't know being that it's a branch of the government you'd be like um y'all need to dial it fucking back a little bit uh, <laughs> Do you think that leads us to Sentinels? Ah. Do you think this whole Edith and the drones and all that jazz, do you think this will lead us to Sentinels? Uh, I don't think they've thought that far in ahead, but they could absolutely <laughs> use that as a way. Cue up Jeremy? What? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. For those of you who don't know, Sentinels were a big-time villain in the X-Men comic books but more so in the X-Men, the animated series, which is coming back to Disney Plus, new seasons and stuff like that. They're just robots that hunt down mutants is all they are. We eventually get other robots that we kind of see in the X-Men Days of Future Past. Those in there, though, kind of resemble a thing called Nimrod, which was another higher advanced robot that like went after mutants. So... Yeah, I just, if it's hunting down people of interest now and, like, could it then start finding mutants? So is it kind of, I mean, we're going to have, like, the, whatever you call them, I'm just going to say the Ultrons of Doctor Strange, basically? <laughs> no, I thought you were going to go with another Harry Potter reference and, and ask if they were kind of like the, uh, oh, what are they called? The, the, the ones that, oh, that suck uh, the energy out. Oh my gosh! Why'd you do that? Not you Death Eaters, to... but uh, uh, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> the Dementors. Uh, 
Yeah. Yes! God dang it. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Look at me. Huh? Uh, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Like the mentors. But I mean, what I was saying as far as, I mean, you kind of, in the, in Doctor Strange, you had the Ultron, I mean, Stark robots basically bringing in, bringing in Doctor Strange. So, I mean, there you go. It's already there. <laughs> So the easiest explanation for Sentinels are, you ever seen Terminator? Like, it's just if Cyberdyne made Terminators, but instead of hunting down humans, they hunt down mutants. It's super easy. Like, Trask makes the Sentinels, but eventually they become their own self-making and they're self-aware and all this stuff. That's what Michael's referring to with Nimrod and what's the big one? The Mother, what are they called? Mother... I can't remember the names of them, but anyway. No, it's been a while. They did it in the newest, like, House of X and Power of Ten, all that stuff. Anyway, yeah. Like I said before, I don't think they... Maybe they have. Maybe they've thought that far ahead, but absolutely, that could be a door to go through and say that, like, hey, the Edith drones were, like, the blueprint for the Sentinels. I mean, if they're hunting folks down, which they were... They were obviously tasked to keep up with Comron because he had escaped and other ones had escaped too. So I assume they were out and about looking. They just hadn't made their way over to Pakistan yet, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess like thinking about that, I mean, uh, obviously not knowing all of the backstory of, of those and just knowing the high level thing that what, what y'all just gave, I could see that because, you know, at the beginning, whenever they're first interrogating like Julie and that type of thing, is his name Julie? No, Zoe. Zoe. That was it, right? Zoe? I don't know. The popular chick. Oh, Zoe. Yeah, Zoe Zimmer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they had mentioned um, it being, they gave her like, not a person of interest, but something, some some title like that. But because they knew that she had some kind of powers or something like that. So I could definitely see where that could be, maybe what they're going towards. Because like I said, they, they see her and targeted her. And now you have Comron that's, same type of thing. Uh, okay, so what you're saying is because they were already looking for people with powers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That could be. That could be where we're going is heading towards Sentinels. If they're already looking for people like he's like Jeremy saying, people with powers, and keeping an eye on on that, and then they've got the Edith stuff going on, the Edith and the drones. That might be where we're headed. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> so you know, just forget <laughs> secret wars. We're just going to. <laughs> That would lead us into armor wars, I think. Yeah. I think, like, though, there was something, I don't know, a week or two ago where I saw where that basically Kevin Feige almost almost confirmed that they were going towards Secret Wars, but you can never believe what he says. So, yeah. <laughs> I, if he says they're not doing Secret Wars, I don't believe him. <laughs> no, no, no. That, he said that they, that they were, that they're go heading towards Secret yeah. Wars. That no. They, I yeah I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying if he were to come out and go, no, we're not doing secret wars. I'd be like, you're a damn liar. I know I've said that like a thousand <laughs> times, <laughs> but I would just be like, uh, no. I mean, you've introduced incursions. Like you're you're right. a damn liar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I I just want to talk about one thing that what I think would have made this episode better. And one is if you'd have cut Captain off Marvel. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. No. Uh, if you'd have cut off all the like 
honestly, the episode should have ended with Comron getting the power. Like, in other words, that whatever, that mystical floaty stuff hits him and you see his eyes glow. That's where the episode should have ended. And you tag the rest of the episode onto the end of episode four and named it What You Seek is Seeking You. Because at the end of this episode, like when all of the like females, like the 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 granddaughter, the daughter and the mother, like in other words, Sana, Muniba and Kamala all like kiss and make up, you know, they say like, oh, you know, if I'm being so hard on you is because I don't want to let you go. And then, the you know, anyway, the grandmother, Sana, mentions that, you know, when uh, Muniba is apologizing to her, she mentions like, oh, this must be the journey that I had to take to end up back to you. And the reason why I'm telling all this is because I looked up, we learned the origin in this episode of the whole what you seek is seeking you and how it was written on the bangle. Her great grandfather Hassan was quoting a poet that was like an Indian philosopher poet named Rumi. And I was just looking up this whole poet and, you know, he, I'm just going to quote it real quick, but he says, when the souls lie down in the grass, the world is too full to talk about what you seek is seeking you. And it's almost like a mantra to them. The whole what you seek is seeking you. And it deals with like, I'm trying to best explain this to my best ability. I will probably butcher it. So please bear with me. (laughs) But it's like (laughs) things that you seek in life. If you want to seek wealth or like loved ones, they are also seeking you. They are also trying to find you. And it's almost like a mantra for the, the, the people that kind of, I don't know, believe in this philosophy. And that is sort of told in this episode, but also in the last episode. And I believe if you had just stitched them together, taken off the, the Bruno drone stuff, left that for episode six, which would now be episode five, this would be a complete story. And that is one of the reasons why I just did not like this episode. <laughs> anyway, that's a, that's a long winded way to explain it but anyway yeah i mean i I guess as far as where we're going from here she's got to get in that costume some point the next episode i guess we're going back to jersey and we're gonna have the whole showdown she's gonna be fighting damage control looks like like going back to that being the supreme villain of this episode or this this tv series Outside of that, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this is going to lead to. I don't like a lot of times you could sit there and say, okay, well, this could link up to Young Avengers. This could link up to this. this like, I have no idea what this could link up to at all. Yeah, yeah, I have to, I have to agree. I mean, because like I said a while ago, I, I, I mean, who's there left to to fight against? We thought Najma was going to be the the big thing, but I mean, she just gave that up willy nilly. But you know, so damage control is the only one left. And again, kind of referencing back to what I was saying earlier, and to your point, Michael, is how the heck does all this tie in? I mean, there's, <laughs> there's just so much out there, and there's no correlation, nothing just... I mean, because even with her, I mean, how, hasn't even given any kind of reference as far as if she's like post-blip or snap or whatever. I mean, we don't know where she is in this whole timeline right now. I'm Well, no, I'm sorry. No. They did give that reference. So she's, oh, yeah, because she did the whole podcast up, up front. Yeah. And talking about the, how Captain Marvel saved. So yeah, I'm sorry about that. But I mean, still, 
It's just you have so many of these things and no idea where the heck it's going to fit in. And it's it's cool to get these new characters. I'm all up for learning about new characters if they're done well. Moon Knight, calling you out there. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's one of those like, and, and I guess Miss Marvel. Like, I hate it. She's getting, I, I, my wife said some earlier today too, as far as I, I think she was reading that there was bad reviews on her, on Miss Marvel. So I hate it because at the same time, it, we talked about beforehand, you kind of had to go into this one understanding the the way it was written, who it was written for type thing and where she was in her, even in Kamala's, in her life, when her mm-hmm. her her moment in time kind of thing. So it, it I know it gets kind of locked down already for that, but at the same time, you got to got to understand where they're where they're writing from. But it's still just fallen off and it hasn't done a, a good to me that hasn't gone, done a good reputation of, of her so it's just it's one of those like I don't I'm, I agree with you Michael I don't know where she is or what she's doing next and how this ties in but. yeah I where 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 are we going to lead to this where the final like the finale is going to go I don't think that Comron's going to be the big bad I really do think it's going to be damage control I don't know what after she defeats them, what that's going to lead into. I'm assuming because, like I said, we don't have any idea. Like they mentioned a second bangle in that one episode. I can't remember. It was like episode three or something. I'm assuming they're thinking that they're going to set it up for a second season. And if this doesn't do well, they won't get a second season. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with, like, like Jeremy mentioned way at the beginning, there's too, many, there's too many things up in the air. There's too many spinning plates. Marvel <laughs> has gotten too many damn spinning plates. They've gotten, I don't know, it, it seems like they're doing quantity over quality at this point. <laughs> it, uh, I mean, I know that's funny considering they made, like, I don't know, like 20-something movies at this point and plus TV shows now <laughs> and everything else. But, yeah, this, this series started off strong to me. I was uh, going in it thinking I wasn't going to like it very much because it was seemed tailored for a younger female audience and I'm a fat white dude <laughs> in his like <laughs> mid-30s. Uh, but I, like, like I said, I read six issues uh, and I enjoyed the six issues that I read. So I was hoping they'd capture what I liked about the comic. It seemed like they were going to do it and these last two episodes have kind of just let me down. And actually, I wouldn't even say last week's episode didn't let me down. It it wasn't the greatest, but I still enjoyed it. This one let me down. And I'm really hoping that it picks back up in the next episode. So I have to agree to Bridget on that. Like as far as whenever you mentioned that about the the quality over quantity thing, because that that was one thing I thought about too, as even, sorry to say, but after the Thor movie, I was like, man, it just seemed like we keep pumping out stuff, and because in the back of my my mind, I was thinking of of Miss Marvel playing too, and it just seems like they're just wanting to put out more and more and more and more, but there's again no correlation or not much correlation there, and it's like we gotta we gotta slow down at some point here and really get all this all our thoughts put together and figure out what the heck is happening. And, you know, really focus it in. So I, I definitely agree on that as far as the quality versus quantity thing. And I think they need to slow down a little bit here. But the other thing I was going to say was, <laughs> I did like, was there at the end, 
where, <laughs> where Kamon was like, oh crap, your name really isn't Brian? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did like that realization. <laughs> well, it's nice to know that he's not a, you know, a dick on purpose. Like that was like a legitimate <laughs> accident, apparently. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about where this may go and stuff like that. And there's no obvious connections to anything right now. I'm hoping that eventually, you know, because in Feige we trust right now as far as the Marvel movies go. <laughs> I'm hoping that eventually we look back on this and we're like, oh, it was right there the whole time. We knew exactly where it was going and we're just morons. Yeah. Could this, because of the damage control being the bad guy, because it looks like She-Hulk is going to have ties to damage control because of that giant facility, could it be that Kamala's in some shit and they need a lawyer and we get not Ms. Marvel, not not Ms. Not, not Ms. Marvel, but not Captain Marvel, not Ooh. a scroll, not any of that stuff, but we actually get She-Hulk as a cameo at the very end. Yeah. You know what? That'd be cool. I I would I'd totally be like if if Kamala gets captured and then she's like, I want a lawyer. And then Jessica, dang it, I always get this confused. Uh, Jennifer Walters. Walters. Uh, Jennifer Walters. Yeah, yeah, Jennifer Walters comes in and is like, hi, I'm, you know, Jennifer Walters, I'm representing you. And like, boom, cut to credits. That would be cool. That would not be Especially- cool. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with She-Hulk premiering and when this episode, this next episode airs, the finale airs in about a month. Yeah. August 17th. So, like, that's our next Disney Plus series that's coming out. So, and that's pretty quick, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, a month? We've waited longer than that. So. That was another, like, kind of another reference to as far as we said, like, quality versus quantity. I mean, you kind of went through a bit of a dry, and I know what happened the past year or two probably put a put a pretty decent stall on a lot of this. But, I mean, it seemed like we had that that delay there for a while, and now it's just... Bam, 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 one right after another, keep going. And it's like, all right, we need to need slow it up just a little bit. I feel like it's a little of two things. I feel like it's a little of them possibly find, trying to play catch up, but I feel like it's also us as consumers not having these conversations 10 years ago because we'd never had anything like this before. And now all we do is look like we've had this conversation before. Now all we do is look to what the end game is. Yeah. Pun intended, by the way. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a, I think it's two way street of yeah. of catch up and our expectations mm. of like what's coming. So, yeah. I could definitely see that as well. I mean, because back when I mean back whenever Iron Man came out. I mean, I don't know what the span was there between movies, but you got nowadays, like you said, even with us included, so many people talking about the comics and the movies and what's happening and reviewing. So I, I, I think, I, yeah, I definitely see what you're talking about there. Iron Man came out, and then a few months later, The Incredible Hulk came out, and the only thing that linked the two was Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man saying, I'm building a team. And then at the end of The Incredible Hulk, the uh, Edward Norton Incredible Hulk, which is MCU canon, <laughs> was Iron Man, it was Tony Stark talking to the late Thunderbolt Ross. That that was our end scene credits. And that, and that was it for that whole year. 
That was it. You yeah. got not you didn't get shit else <laughs> until like the next year. And then I think you got Captain America and then you got Thor. And then you didn't get shit else. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. It, it started off they would do two movies a year. And then they started bumping up to three movies a year. Yep. And I believe they've done about three movies a year for a little while. And now it seems like they're doing almost like four a year plus TV shows and everything else. So once again, quantity over quality. Yeah. Well, I think that about does it for me on this episode. What about y'all? <laughs> yes. We, <laughs> yeah. we ended on a somber note. <laughs> Giving the audience something to think about. Yeah. Contemplate. While they're doing that, Jeremy, where can they find you at? Uh, well, they can uh, find me on Twitch. I haven't, I haven't actually been on there in a while, so I need to definitely step that up. <laughs> well, shit, they can't find you there then. I know. I'm, Where I'm, are you? Where are you? <laughs> Backbends. Backbends. <laughs> exactly. Still haven't left this, this comic book store for the past three weeks. So. <laughs> yeah, they can find me on Twitch under the handle Night Fury GTO. It's Night with a K. Cool. Richard, where can I find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you want to contact me directly. My handle is Knight Curry, Knight like day and night, and Curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, you can contact us via our Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. We have uh, an Instagram, a YouTube, a TikTok, uh, who's a what's it's, uh, yabba dabba do. Under the yeah. banner of Comically Comics Podcast. Motherfucking yabba dabba do. <laughs> you can find me on YouTube at 22 Comics. You can also find me on Instagram and whatnot, the handle 22 underscore comics. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. And with all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. It's nice to meet you. I'm Cameron. Bruno. Oh my god, I genuinely thought your name was Brian this whole time. Oh, no, I had no noticed the first four times that... Sorry.